Hello, patrons, and welcome to a story time episode. I know it's been a little while since I've done a story time, and you guys have been great hanging in there with me through my life trials and challenges. And I know I'm talking to people who understand. What do they say? Preach into the choir. I know we all have challenges in life that we have to overcome and get through, and I am just very grateful for your patience. But today we are doing a story time episode in the Pastel Workbook by Jackie Simmons. You guys know I love this book if you've been a patron of mine for a while. If you haven't, if you're brand new, you can go back and access all of the Storytime episodes simply by going up to the very top of my Patreon page and you see some little bubbles if you're on a computer. Look for Storytime and we have all of the episodes. I've been doing, I think, three different books, but this book, The Pastel Workbook, is so awesome. So let's get to it. We are in lesson six. This is basically like chapter six. We've already been through a few of the pages in chapter six, but this is an actual painting exercise. And I've discovered in doing these story times that it's harder on me to get these uploaded to you if I'm doing all the lessons with you. So I've decided I'm gonna read to you in the audio format and provide the pages, downloadable pages for you to print out, to read along with me, and to follow these exercises yourselves. And as always, you can submit your work, your finished product, into our homework album. I will have that link in the post, this particular post. All right, so lesson six, it happens to be page 80. It's a wonderful painting exercise lesson called Distant Lake. Now, I'm just going to read now, and you know I always like to insert my little thoughts sometimes. Although the finished image of this landscape painting looks a little complex, you will see from the stages that it is, in fact, quite a simple process. Don't you love that? There is a good sense of recession in this image. You know how I like to talk about distance, having real good perspective in it, which is what I want you to practice. Whether you choose your own subject or copy this image, try to be aware as you work of the devices that I have used to create a feeling of space and introduce them into your own painting. Depth is emphasized by the change of scale. We've talked about this, obviously, images are larger in the foreground, smaller in the background, that's what she means by scale, of both the marks used and the objects that they represent, implying a great deal of space in the painting. The viewer walks along the path and then down an unseen hill towards the middle distance. The curve of the path and river then take us back into the painting. Overlap has also been used to emphasize the relative position of elements of the composition. Now, some of these terms she's talking about here are what she's already taught on. So once again, if you go back and just do these story times, you can do them in order if you want. Uh, you can understand all of these terms as well. Aerial perspective has been brought in through the use of warm colors for the foreground and much cooler colors in the distance where edges have been softened. softened. Now what she means by aerial perspective, it's that phenomenon I talk about often that things in the distance 
they pale out. They get more neutral in color, they get cooler in color, and they also get less detail. It's, it's actually the phenomenon because there's air getting in the way, literally between you and the distance. And that's why that phenomenon happens. Back to the book. I have used a limited palette of greens and blues on an apricot colored piece of pastel paper. Now you guys can use whatever you have. This would also work on, you know, some of you guys um, have been using brown paper, even bags. I've seen some of you did a painting on the back of a Taco Bell bag and uh, it's just awesome. I love how creative you guys get. get. So she says the apricot colored paper, which gives the image warmth where it shows through the pastel strokes. I love using warm toned paper. All right, now I'm gonna, there's two, there's actually three images on this page. Um, the larger image is the just like her darker values that she's gotten in. And this, the image, the smaller landscape image has the lights. So she first began with the darks, getting a little very general sketch. Then she added the lights. I often work this way as well. Now she also has a picture of the pastels that she used. Looks like eight pastel colors. You don't have to have exactly these colors, so do your best and try to match the values uh, as a priority rather than the exact colors. Now in the little description of the photo, she says, begin by doing a small thumbnail tonal sketch on colored paper. Oh, actually, I was wrong. That's what that little <clears throat> um, actual painting is. It's her thumbnail sketch, but it would work the same if you wanted to do just the dark values and the light values. And she said, use charcoal and white pastel for the lightest areas. The object of the exercise is to clearly define a foreground, middle distance, and far distance. Now, the first step she has, now th that was the thumbnail, the little uh, image that is on that page. I apologize. Step one is actually on the sandy colored pastel paper, sketch in the main shapes of the image with charcoal. Use the side of the charcoal to block in the darkest parts of the picture. Now, if you don't have charcoal, you can just use a darker pastel turn it on its side. You could also use, I often use the new pastel. You know I love that little one called Spruce Blue um, and it works as a great dark. So we're just sketching in the dark values. All right, now we're moving on to page 81. Step two, this has more color added to it. Block in the sky with side strokes of the palest blue and echo the sky colors in the distant lake. Use pale gray for the furthest hills, softening the skyline by bridging a little of the pale blue down over the edge of the hill in places. Now, that's where she's got the sky kind of bleeding into the mountain. I often like to do that myself because it gives a softer edge. Um, it looks really unnatural to have such a hard edge of a mountain against a sky. So that's why it's often really good. You wanna keep a real light touch to just blend a little bit of the sky color down over the mountain. You don't have to do it everywhere. Just soften a few of the edges. This will add to the feeling of recession or of distance. Use side strokes of blue-gray for the landscape beyond the lake. And using the same pastel, use broken strokes 
in the middle distance. All right, now we're going on to page 82. Step three, use dots and dashes of blue-green to suggest the forms of trees and hedges in the middle distance. She's using just some linear strokes and mark making to give that feeling of substance or of matter of trees and, and elements in the painting. Then use your darkest green for the foreground trees and shadows on the ground. Now, why do you think we would be warming up the color? Because things in the foreground get warmer. So that also is going to help create that illusion of distance or depth. Warmer colors in the foreground, cooler colors in the distance. Keep the darkest parts of the trees on the right to, the, to indicate the light falling on the trees from the left. Um, now you see, I guess the, the darkest band of trees is really that middle ground trees on the right because the, the trees that are closest to us on the left, they have more light hitting them. I, I'm assuming that's what she meant by that. All right, page 83, this is the last step. I hope you guys try this. I wanna try it, but I'm in the middle of another painting that I'm hoping to get uploaded for you guys soon. Step four. With small strokes of medium and light green, work on the foreground trees, all right? This is where we're gonna lighten things up. That sunlight is coming through. I also like that she used some very neutral colors in this, it's really nice. Uh, reserving the lighter green for the light struck sides of the trees. You can see where the light is coming from here. It's on the left side. Boldly sweep the side strokes of the same light green across the foreground with large marks. You know those horizontal marks make them directional to where you can feel the, the hill sloping. And then break up the foreground a little with touches of medium green to suggest grasses. Put small strokes of light green between the tree trunks. That's negative painting. You can see where she did that. You break up, first you put down mostly the dark value, but then you break it up by negatively painting the light green in between the tree trunks. That's suggesting the grass on the hill that's behind it. And into the middle distance to suggest fields. Recession will be implied by the change of scale in the marks. So your marks get smaller, and um, I often say we use uh, vertical marks more in the foreground, and then they go to horizontal bands in the distance. Use a broken line of light blue to suggest the river, which helps to take the eye back into the painting and continues the curve of the subtle path in the foreground. Lastly, put a few touches of cream onto this path and make sure that the foreground trees have filigree edges by adding minute touches of dark green here and there. So filigree, you just want kind of little broken edges. You don't want anything um, with too much of an edge or line to it. So I think that was a pretty simple um, not overworked, impressionistic style painting. I hope you will give it a try and share it in the homework album or wherever else you want. You guys know I'm not real strict about these things. So enjoy and I hope you like this format. Let me know if it's okay me reading to you guys and giving you guys the pages and you can get to work. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Happy story time and happy painting.